Welcome back to another episode of Interviews and Avatar. My name is Tyler. You can find me on Twitter at CrypticGhost2. If you are new to this podcast, this podcast is a podcast designed to get to know the people behind the avatars that you deal with on a daily basis on Twitter, uh, more specifically Cowboys Twitter. And today I have a very special guest. Uh, it is Tony Catalina. Tony, it is Friday, the end of the work week. How are you doing today, man? And I feel good, you know, <laughs> but the crack open a beer as soon as this is over and I enjoy the weekend. Yeah, did you, did your work week treat you right? You know what? This week wasn't too bad. You know, um, I, I get the luxury of being able to work from home most times, so um, there was a good mix of uh, some solid work and a little bit of chilling too. <laughs> yeah, so you you actually get to stay like nice and cool up there in the up there in the Northeast then. Yeah, I mean we're in a little <laughs> bit of a a Texas light right now. Every day's been like ninety ninety five degrees, so that's that's nothing to y'all. But to me, it's um we're sweating a little bit. Yeah, I feel you. Like I said, I'm I'm in the middle of the Midwest, and we get that. Yeah, nasty corn sweat. If you ever heard of that, so you know where it's oh, like man. it's like ninety five degrees, but the humidity is like a hundred percent, and then it's, it feels like one fifteen, one twenty. But Jeez. yeah, <laughs> it's always fun. So Tony, where can we find you at on uh, you know Twitter, podcast, YouTube, stuff like that? Yes. So Twitter, you can find me at Tony underscore Catalina. Um, you know, I write for Blog and the Boy, so I do some writing over there. You can find me there weekly, and uh, also host a podcast with uh, my good buddy uh, Dave Sturcio and Aiden Davis called the First and Ten Podcast every Monday morning. So, um, you know, Instagram the same thing, Tony underscore Catalina, and uh, I'm, I'm 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 attainable. You know, it's hard to hide on social media. So, yeah, and that you're the, I think you're the first person who's ever shouted out like their Instagram, but that that's pretty cool. <laughs> do you do a lot of cowboy yeah, stuff not- over there then? try to you know what i mean instagram is definitely the the app that i'm not using as much but mm-hmm. you, i'm trying to get as much traction and interact with as many cowboys fans as i can so not everybody's on twitter and some people might be on instagram so why not yeah do you swing yourself over to tiktok at all i know some people no, move to tiktok I, I, <laughs> I don't post too often i did last year i thought it was something i'd give it a shot and uh, it, it wasn't really for me but I, I definitely catch myself on tiktok watching them for hours at a time yeah it's, it's wild over there yeah, that's me with like Instagram reels, man. Like I I can't make those things for the life of me. But there yeah. some of those content creators on there that they're they're funny as hell, man. I don't know how they my do it. Is, uh, my wife is giving me uh giving me shit about it cuz um I was that guy on reels and she's like, "Yeah, I saw that 2 weeks ago on TikTok." And I'm like, oh, "All right." So I'm like I'm I'm behind the eight ball here. Yeah, that's kind of like how Facebook is with Twitter. Like you see it on Twitter then someone shares it on Facebook. You're like, oh, "I seen that shit like 3 days ago." <laughs> <laughs> same exactly. kind, of, same kind of thing. All right, man. So let's get into this thing a little bit. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, growing up, where you lived, stuff like that. Yeah, man. So I'm from, uh, I'm from a, I guess the second biggest city in Massachusetts. I'm from Worcester, Mass. It's about thirty, thirty-five minutes out of Boston, depending on how fast you're driving. Um, you know, I'm a northeastern kid, New England kid, my whole life. Um, you know, really, if that's pretty much it, man. I'm, a, I'm a big, uh, big proponent of family. Strong Italian family, strong Italian culture in my family. Um, but for me, that's pretty much it. Like, if you ask me to kind of describe myself, I'm, I'm pretty bland, man. I just love football, and I love, you know, some good food. And, you know, to me, I'm a really simple dude. It don't take much to, to, to get me happy. It don't take much to make me satisfied. So if I had to describe myself, it would be pretty simple, short and sweet like that. Yeah. So, you know, like, I was born and raised in the Midwest, and I've done some work over on the East Coast uh, with my job. And I was working west of Philly one time, you know, and that's sort of like Amish country still. And then I swung up in the Jersey the next day and I was like floored. Like 
it's a completely <laughs> different kind of culture, you know? Uh, so, like, can you give us a little bit, like, the, you know, like, the Italian background uh, and, like, the different culture style that it is to live in the Northeast? Yeah, so I, so being in Massachusetts, especially Boston, is a lot of Irish. You know, it's, that's kind of what it's known for. You know, the Boston Celtics is a lot mm-hmm. of Irish people. But, you know, in the north end of Boston, that's predominantly, like, the Italian neighborhood. And um, there is a lot of strong Italian culture. I mean, especially coming up at the end of or the middle of next month is, like, the Italian festival. And so there is a big... You know, a big Italian culture up here, big, strong, you know, roots. Um, we're not quite like New Jersey. We're not quite like New York. But, you know, yeah. um, I, there's definitely some um, there's definitely some similarities in some instances. Not too crazy. We're definitely not like the Jersey Shore or anything like that. I'll <laughs> leave that to my buddy Sturch. But, uh, yeah, no, it's it's good. Like, um, I enjoy it. I mean, there's some good food up here. I think, um, you know, for me, that's the one thing I love about Italian is, like, go to my mom's house and, you know, I'm going to get something good. So I do I do love that about it. So you're up there, someone says, hey, where's a good place to eat, you know, uh, and like, let's say like a 30 mile radius of where you live, where would, where would you recommend and what kind of food do they have? And so I, I just mentioned the North End, if you want some really yeah. good like Italian food, you got it, you got to go on the North End. Um, you know, there's uh, Santapio's Pizza. There's some really good pizza up there. Like, um, you know, a lot of people bring up Mike's Pastries. And when you go to Boston, like, that's a really big tourist trap. And they're good. The lines are crazy long, but you want to go to Bova's. Bova's is a, a Italian um, pastry shop. They get the cannolis. They get uh, lobster tails. So mm-hmm. if, that, if you're asking me where to go, uh, I would say you can't go wrong in the North End. Everybody up there, there's a lot of them. Um, is there's a lot of mom and pop type restaurants in there that kind of survive like uh, the big city feel of Boston, but um, yeah, you can't go wrong walking up and down the North End, getting some pastries, getting some espresso, and uh, and then it, it, it's crazy about Boston is you'll go like two neighborhoods over and it'll be like corned beef and cabbage, you know what I mean? It'd be like yeah. Irish, so it's 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 like two different worlds. Yeah, so you know you said uh, you grow up in the Northeast your whole entire life. What what uh like what sports did you play growing up? Uh any and any other extracurricular activities that you may have done? Yeah, man. So like my my professional my my sports career, I shouldn't <laughs> say professional, but my sports career ended at the high school level. Yeah. I you know I played football, I played baseball, um I played basketball more in a pickup sense. You're not really um getting too much run when you're five six. So um <laughs> I come from I come from a really big line of family uh, that are really good athletes. Um, for me, um, I was I was a decent athlete. I'm gonna give myself a little credit. Like I, I could play a little sport. You know what I mean? I can I can I can go out there. I've the only sport I've ever been like ridiculously bad at in my whole life is golf. Like yeah. I just can't figure the game of golf out. Like I can shoot a jump shot. I can throw a football. I can hit a baseball. But um, golf is it's this little ball. I just cannot hit it, man. It's really tough. But um, yeah, like for me, I just. I've always been, I've kind of had my hand in everything. I've coached football, I've played football, um, you know, I've refereed football, so I write about it now. So it, that's the game that I spend most of my time uh, really uh, honing on. So in the Northeast, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't lacrosse big, big in the Northeast too? It is. Lacrosse is big. And, you know, when I was in high school, I graduated high school 2010. Um, when we played high school football, you know, instead of like running track, 
a lot of people are trying to tell us like, yo, go play um lacrosse. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if you're not gonna play baseball, if you're not gonna run track, go play lacrosse. And I think a lot of the kids that I knew that played football like the physicality of it. There's some more physicality in that lacrosse game. And yeah. uh, I mean, Bill Belichick's obsessed with it. I know people in around the New England team. He's always got a lacrosse player on the team or somebody on the staff. So you're absolutely right. All right, a little bit of a, a technical hiccup there. So. You know, you said uh, lacrosse is big. Like, like I said, I'd I'd never even heard of lacrosse um, until I had, until I went east when I joined the Marine Corps, and people were talking about. It. I'm like, what the what the heck is lacrosse? And then it's the first time I ever heard about it. And then I'd come to find out like there's like little ritzy areas around here. Uh, shout out MC on Twitter. Uh, she lives up near Perrysburg and stuff. They have they have uh, lacrosse teams, and I had no idea what they what they even are. But it's a very interesting yeah. game. It is. It's different. I mean, there's like a physical element to it. It's got like a soccer, like, uh, it's weird, like a soccer hockey vibe, but on feet. Like, it's weird. Yeah, and I agree with you. Yeah, getting, there's nothing like getting like whacked with sticks when you're just trying to run around <laughs> a, a field, you know? Uh, so, so coming close to, let's say you're, you're coming through high school or whatever, coming close to your end of your high school education, did you know what you wanted to do when you graduated? And if so, what was it? Not a clue, man. I still don't even know. Like, I'm turning 31 <laughs> next week, so a week from today I'll be 31. But uh, I got out of high school. I'm like, and I know because we kind of sent me some prefix questions here, and, and I won't uh, steal the thunder on that, but I got out of high school, and I'm like, I don't even know if I want to go to school. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I just really had no idea what I wanted to do. And it's funny because now I get paid, you know, not a livable wage, but I get paid to be a write, to write for Blogging the Boys, record mm-hmm. a podcast. So, like, I... I that's what I always wanted to do. If I can parlay covering football, covering the Cowboys into a livable salary, that's, I mean, that's what the eight-year-old, nine-year-old Tony always wanted to do. So I'm as close as I've ever been. You know, I don't know how far I could take it, but, you know, I'm interested to see what the future holds. I mean, I have a nine-to-five to pay the bills, but, you know, this is more of a passion project right now. We'll see how far it can go. Yeah, I mean, you, you, get, you, you basically got to do what you love or else, you know, you, you hate doing it. And that's not that's Absolutely. not the way to go through life, you know. Uh, so like you've mentioned before and like passing, and I've seen you talk about it. Uh, didn't you go to University of Georgia? So I went down to University Uni- of Georgia. Okay. I never. <laughs> yeah, I can kind of give a little story about that, a little background. So, um, my brother played. He played high school football in the area. My brother's always big, just for perspective reasons. I told you I was five six. My brother's six six. Yeah. So we're like complete <laughs> opposite sizes. Like he's like three twenty. I'm not nowhere near that. Um, but when high school and he was, you know, he was one of the better prospects in the area in Massachusetts, which, mm-hmm. you know, compared to Texas and other states is the football up here isn't as competitive, especially at the high school level. Um, so he was one of the, the better prospects in the area at the time. He ended up going D1 AA and played at the University of Rhode Island for three years. Um, once he got there, he was a starter the whole time, and he was just like, listen, like, I want to I want a shot at the NFL. Like, I don't want to see what's going what's gonna to happen. So he uh, decided to grad transfer. Um, and once he decided to grad transfer, the, the interest picked up like crazy. So my brother ended up getting, like, 30-plus offers to, you know, scholarship offers to go play football. Long story short, he ended up going to the University of Georgia and playing left tackle there in that 2016 season. Um, but when my brother went down there, he was like, man, I'm a, a thousand miles from home. Like you, me and him have been, or like a tight, we're super tight. So mm-hmm. he's like, just come down with me. Like we'll get, we'll get an apartment. And of course, like, you know, in the SEC, it's like, I need an apartment. I want my brother to come down to like say less, you know? So, yeah. um, 
we got a two bedroom apartment. I lived down there for him with him from the from June first until all the way through the end of the 2016 season. They played in the Liberty Bowl against TCU that year, and we kind of went home around Christmas time. Um, but yeah, so I was there for I don't know six seven months, and I thought that was a a crazy experience. So when you're when you're living down in Athens, like what do you what do you what do you do for six or seven months while you're down there? <laughs> So, you know, I actually got lucky enough that they were able to give me an opportunity to uh, to be a part of the scouting department. So I was actually, yeah, so I was actually working for the University of Georgia, um, putting film together on high school kids. And basically they had me looking at like the Northeast region. So like obviously being from Massachusetts and uh, them being the Southeast school, they were like, of course, Georgia doesn't need help recruiting. But they're like, what do you know? Who do you know in the area? Like put together some film of some of the best kids. And I'll tell you right now, one of the kids that, uh, that I rated and I have it, I'll put this, once this comes out, I'll put this uh, bio together. One of the highest rated kids I ever rated myself was Pat Fairmuth, the tight end from Pittsburgh. Yeah. And he ended up going to Penn state. And I swear to you, I was banging on the table for these guys to take that kid. And I don't know if he, it was ever a realistic chance. Cause I think he wanted to stay in the Northeast anyway, but mm -hmm. I was huge on Pat, Pat being a, a Georgia bulldog. That would have been my claim to fame there, but yeah, I caught up film. I was there on recruiting visits. I'd help the kids and their families when uh, they came into town. So super cool experience with that. It was only one year, but um, I was super grateful for the connections I made and being able to kind of be a part of big time college football. Yeah. So when you're when you're doing like scouting for like those high school players, are you using that website called like I think it's called Huddle? Is that what you're using? Is is that the website? Yeah. So. Yeah, we were taking kids huddles and then putting it into like Exos and we we're honestly like they don't realize it may be different now in 2022. But in 2016, we're like putting together highlight films for these kids yeah. and we're like presenting them to position coaches like, you know, Shane Beamer was the tight ends coach at UGA. He's the head guy at South Carolina now. Yeah. And he'd be like, hey, like, here's the tight end I want you to look at like or you know what I mean? And they'll either be like, nah, this kid. I'm not interested or yeah, let's offer this kid. And um, it was a really cool experience because I, I have a ton of respect for college football coaches. Um, that's the highest I've ever been around, but those coaches work like absolute dogs. Like, I mean, I literally saw coaches never go home at days at, at a time, just living in their office and just grinding. So I have nothing but respect for those coaches. Yeah. So, uh, so you're older than your brother, correct? Yeah. We're, I'm 18 months older, 18 though. months older. So do you, do you, do you, you never, I'm not going to say never, but did you attend any college at all? No. So I actually <laughs> went out of high school. I was like, I might go to the local community college. I'm like, and then I just realized like, it just wasn't worth it. I ended up, you know, finding by, by, you know, just good maneuvers, good connections, just found my way into a profession. I work in the financial institute, like institution right now. And, uh, I'm just grateful for him, Matt. And I honestly, I did it the long way. I took a scenic route to where I am now. Everybody I work with got a college degree and I'm like, I do not have a college degree. So <laughs> it, whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, uh, so your, your brother gets ready to graduate Georgia. Uh, and now you're, you're getting ready to move on to your next step in your life. What, what is that? What's that next step? That's a, that's it's a great question because I really did devote, you know, about a year and a half, two years to my brother. Like mm -hmm. I was the one putting out film for him. I was the one reaching out to like, it's funny that I work for blogging the boys and SB nation now, because I was reaching out to like the college aspect of the SB nation, like the people that write for the teams and the local schools and telling yeah. them about my brother's visits. Cause um, the word of mouth is crazy. Like how these kids get found a lot of the times is through social media. Um, I, my brother would, it's funny, um, 
my brother had Missouri, the University of Missouri. It was Barry Odom was at our house at the time when he was at, I don't even know where he is now, but Barry Odom was the head coach of Missouri, was in our living room. Once the Twitter found out that Barry Odom was like there to scout my brother, Florida offered him a, a, a scholarship right then and there. Once like Georgia found out Florida offered, Georgia offered him a scholarship. Then when Georgia did, it was Auburn. It was just, it was word of mouth. Like these kids, I guarantee half the schools offered my brother didn't even know who my brother was. It was just how it, how it snowballed and it turned into this crazy, like huge thing. And, uh, but I say that to say, like we dedicated so much time and effort into my brother getting to Georgia, being successful in the SEC, that once he got to like the NFL and there was nothing I could do for him, it was really like a fork in the road. Like for me, it's like, I can't do any more, like anymore. It's going to be about yeah. you and how you succeed. It's, you know, and, and like I said, I had a 1%, you know, any type of, if I had anything to do with it, it might've been 1%, right? So it's all 99% him and how he plays, but it was a crossroad. You know, I just got back to my roots of what I was doing prior, which is, you know, I was working in like the banking, insurance, financial in institute. Like that's the type of stuff I was doing. So I just kind of got back into that. And um, yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing now. And I, I took on a bigger role working for Blogging the Boys and uh, I'm in a comfortable spot now. Yeah, so like you said, you moved back home. Um, you're getting ready. You're, you're progressing through life. You're getting older. Uh, you're watching your brother do his thing in the NFL. And then, um, you know, you're working. So how are you how are how are you trying to parlay what you're doing now you know to make your to make your livable wages to get to be more to like what you were doing for him at Georgia that's basically that's what that's, that's the way I yeah. see what you're trying to do here yeah yeah absolutely like for me I always knew that I guess my thing is I didn't know how to like break into like the football world mm -hmm. I knew once I didn't get a degree I wouldn't be able to do things like an organic way like when I was younger, my whole picture was I'm going to go to Syracuse. I'm going to study like sports, you know, journalism. I'm going to go be a, you know, I'm going to go work at ESPN. And that's like when I was a kid, that's like what I thought. And when I didn't go to school, I'm like, well, well there goes that. So maybe I'm going to go be blue collar. Maybe I'll go work in an office, whatever the case may be. And that's kind of what I'm doing now. But um, once the opportunity arose that I was able to join Blog on the Boys and um, kind of get a taste of what the younger me always wanted to do. And now I'm in a spot where like, okay, I got a job that pays the bills, but how can I leverage this? Am I going to be able to take this to, you know, wh what's the next step? You know what I mean? And I think I'm still trying to figure that out. I'm going in year two at blogging the boys. Um, I still have so much to learn so much to like grow and, and, you know, pick up from other people. Um, you know, the group that we, that we talk to all the time, there's some really talented people in there. And I've learned a lot from yourself and guys like Massey and, you know, Mike Crum and stuff. So uh, it's really cool to interact with those people and, um, you know, shout out to Mike because he's actually the one that got me into the original group that we're all in talking to each other and stuff. So I'm grateful for that. And I didn't, you know, I was always aware of like Cowboys content creators and all the people that are like on Twitter, but I yeah. never really got a chance to you know talk to them or be a part of that. But um, it's, it's crazy to see how much like a year, how much it can change in a year or two because yeah. it's night and day compared to where I was when I started this. Yeah, I, th I think that's like one of the first things you have to do is like, you know, is basically get a Twitter account and just start talking football. That's that's the only way for people to, to really to find out what what you're about. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, and, and it, it, it motivates me because I see like there's some guys out here. There's some people that don't get as much attention as they should. who are doing it. great work. You know what I mean? They're doing mm -hmm. really good work. And I think um, some of the bigger guys. It's almost like they're stealing it and not giving credit for it because there are really some hardworking people that definitely deserve more um, ups than they're getting. Yeah, absolutely. 
So, uh, like you said before, you're five six. Your brother's six six. So people would probably call you like the runt of the family. All right. Uh, what was that? What was it like growing up? Well, you know, with your little brother, uh, who's basically what you would say like an athletic freak. Yeah, it's and that's funny. I don't know if I even mentioned that to you, but I, it, that's my nickname. They call me Runt. So like my nickname in the in my family is Runt. Um, kind of just the paint in the picture dynamic. Like my brother's six six NFL player. My uncle um, played minor league baseball. Was almost in the major. So he's I got a professional athlete. My grandfather was a professional bodybuilder. Like his whole job was to go out and compete. So there's athletic freaks all over my family. Um, I, I must've skipped me. I don't know what, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't know what happened, but you know, I got, I got some cousins, all my cousins played college ball. They all played college baseball, college football. So I got some talent around me and, um, being around my brother and the people that he's got to interact with, I got to be around some premier athletes. So, um, I have nothing but respect for the athletes. I, I mean, when I, when I look at things, I look at it from a different lens sometimes because I'm like, I know the groundwork these guys are putting in. I'm, I'm very very slow to disrespect because I know like yeah. there's so much that goes into the background of these guys working hard. And my brother was a very short term, low level NFL player. And I know the work he put in. So I can only imagine these stars who are like in the spotlight, you know, getting scrutinized at every turn, every move they make. So, um, you know, I have nothing but respect for those type of guys. Yeah. I like those guys, how much they get criticized. Like you see, you see some of them talk out, you know, speak out about it. Yeah. But I mean, you know, they see that and, uh, mm-hmm. Man, that would that would just eat me alive, you know. <laughs> well, how many times do you think they bit their tongue before they snapped? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. They they must have seen it twenty times before they're like, I had enough. Yeah, and I mean some some of them are really good at it, and you know they can stay off uh stay off the social media. Some of them, man, <laughs> when they get going, they, feed into it. <laughs> yeah, they just they, like you said, they just feed into it. So you spend, you know, you said six seven months down in Athens with your brother. Uh, you're gonna see all kinds of different things down there. What's what's your best or funniest story from that from that experience in your life? Oh man, um, <laughs> I think the all right. So the one of the funniest stories is like I, I hate sounding like like an like this a name dropper, but it, the story is funny. Like we used to go out downtown Athens is crazy. Like there's, mm-hmm. it's called the classic city. There's like a hundred bars on like one strip. Um, and me and my brother, you know, took an Uber downtown. Um, and we're like, all right, let's go to the bar. Like we knew where a couple of players were and, um, we're like, all right, we'll go meet up with them. We'll go drink and stuff. And, uh, <laughs> we got out of there and we went to like this bar and we just saw like a mass exodus of people leaving. And the bar that we were about to go to was like completely empty. And we had no idea why. And we were like, what, what is going on here? Is it like a fire or like a fire or something? And there was a couple of girls that literally just looked at us. It was like, no, Nick Chubb and Jake East, Jacob Easton left. So the, like they everybody left because they left. So then they were just following wherever Jacob East and Nick Chubb went. So it was it was so funny. And like my brother being on the team, like down there, they're like, are oh, you on the football team? Like there's no waiting in line. There's no there. Here's a bottle. Like there you go. And uh, so we were like, all right, we're going where they're going, but, but we're not waiting in this line. <laughs> so just to see the 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 chokehold that like Tony Michelle, Nick Chubb, Nicole Hardman all had on like. A, a football town that was nuts. I mean, it yeah. was totally insane to see that, um, you know, especially kind of being on the inside of that. It was super cool to be a part of that. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen it today, that Nick Chubb video that came out today. Did you see that one? Yeah. That, 610-pound squat. 
He's a freak. Yeah. He used to work out with the offensive linemen, and he would try to go pound for pound with all those guys. You know what I mean? Um, you know, when my brother was there, Solomon Kinley was there. He's um, a big dude. He plays for the Miami Dolphins, a guard. He's a big dude. Like, he tried to match with him, match with my brother. Like, Isaiah Wynn was there at the time. Like, just some really good offensive linemen. And Nick Chubb was, if he wasn't right there with them, he was out He was outlifting them. He's a kid's a freak of nature, honestly. Yeah, he's, he's probably one of my favorite non-Cowboy players because I, I think – it could be different in real life, but I think he's like so humble. You know, he just oh puts God. puts his heads down and work. That's what it seems Maybe like. I'm putting he's like, a little too much information out there, but when when we went down there, he wouldn't drink. Right? Yeah. He wouldn't drink. He would just go. He would chill. He'd have a good time. He'd just be the responsible one. And like you said, he's super quiet. He don't really talk too much, and uh, he's just out there playing ball. Can't be. I mean, that's the kind of teammate you want. So, uh, like you mentioned before, your brother's an athlete. We're just going over this college stuff. Um, he played for a time. Uh, he played for, at the time. It was the Redskins. Uh, you had that video, that, that video pinned to your your timeline. Um, so you got to rub elbows at the so at the you know the college level, the collegiate level, and at the NFL level. Uh, what is your best or funniest story from that time? All right. <laughs> so this one actually, it's I'm gonna make fun of myself here. I'm gonna embarrass me and my brother a little bit here, but um. Early on, I told you I did. I had a, a lot of hands on in my brother's like uh, his, you know, college. And when I got to the NFL, like I kind of helped him with like his social media. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, if it was an Instagram, my brother does not care at all. My brother's verified on Twitter, Instagram, couldn't care less. Like it, it's just not something he and like his amount of posts has changed. He doesn't post at all. Before it used to be like me posting something or me trying to like leverage some type of like deal or get some attention. Mm-hmm. Um, so one day. I, early in my brother's season, he all the pictures are flooding out of like you know camp. My brother's at many camps or like training camp, and like we post a picture um, on like my brother like lined up, you know, just the basic like NFL or athlete like training camp photo. Yeah. And I got a I got a phone call from my brother one day, and I and I picked up the phone, and I was like I was like yo, and he was like, it wasn't him. It was like hello. And I was like, who's this? And he was like, he's like don't worry about it. I was like all right. Who is this? And he was like, uh, we just want to know who runs your brother's social media account. And I was like, um, my brother does. I wasn't going to say, like, I do it for him. So I was like, my brother does. And then I heard, like, everybody just bawling out laughing. Everybody just dying laughing. And their phone hung up on me. So I called my brother back. And I'm like, bro, who was that? And he goes, it was Trent Williams making fun of me saying my Instagram was corny. <laughs> so he was like, all right. I was like, wait a minute. So Trent Williams called me to ask who was running the social media. I lied to him, put you under the bus, and it's because they think all my posts suck. And so they're all just like making fun of me and laughing at me. I'm like, damn, Trent Williams thinks that my social media game sucks. So I think that's the funniest story. I was like, damn. All right, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> that's kind of funny because didn't for a time you run the, the, the BTB Instagram account too? No, I still get a yeah, I still get access to that. I think um it's there's all hands on deck with the BTB stuff. So this it could be anybody posting there's a few different people, but I'm in there. If it's corny, you think it's corny, it's probably me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh you know, it's it's 2022, halfway through 2022. Uh earlier this year, congratulations, you got married. Uh how long have you been with your now wife and tell us about your big day? Everything go as planned? <laughs> so We've been together for just over about four years now. Um, got married, like you said, in May. Um, and it's funny, the day, everything was beautiful. You know what I mean? The wedding goes off. You don't really care, but it was awesome. And um, 
but the in May we don't get hot weather in Massachusetts, especially not in May. Mm-hmm. Our wedding day was May twenty first. It was like literally ninety five degrees out for no apparent reason whatsoever. So it was already ninety five. I got me and all my uh you know my groomsmen in black suits and like we're all sweating. Um, but uh, my brother was supposed to go down the line with like you know my wife's sister and but i look and it was like okay that didn't go right because she had like my little nephew in there with him so it's like all right the three of them no big deal that's cute that's a cute photo but we had my grandmother like come down and she didn't do at all what she was supposed to do and just like got in the wrong seat and we're like oh my god like my grandmother's really gonna mess this thing up so we were <laughs> fine like we said all our vows everything was good but i was like everyone around me is messing up right now i'm like whatever throw the ring on my finger and let's get it done but no it was it was a beautiful day. It was a beautiful thing. And uh, I love her, man. She's the best. So, uh, your reception, you guys have it there. You have it somewhere else. You, you guys throw a, a giant party. So we, uh, the reception, so everything thankfully was at the same venue. Um, That's we were good. outside. We had an out, yeah, we had an outside ceremony. Um, it's at this place called uh, Wachusett Country Club. It's, uh, it's got mountains in the background. It's like Wachusett Mountain where we're from. And, uh, we were able to go right inside, nice and cool in there. And yeah, we blew it up with a, uh, open bar, tons of drinking all night. So it was, it was just, that's what we wanted. We wanted our wedding to be like, all right, we did it. Now let's just have a party. Let's have a good time. That's the type of people we are. So it was an awesome night. Yeah, absolutely. So that's funny. Cause I got married to the country club too. Uh, and it was, it was in August. We're, this year's our 10 year anniversary. And uh, I, I, we said our vows and everything. And I went to go put the ring on her finger, and I dropped the ring in her dress. And oh. She was wearing one of those big, like, fluffy dresses. And I like there's like there's probably like a series of like ten pictures of me like looking down, like looking for this no thing. Way. And luckily, she like moved her dress, and it like flopped out like right in front of my dad. And he like pointed at it, and I picked it up. I was like, crisis, oh. di- crisis diverted <laughs> right there, man. <laughs> That would so, have been like nightmare fuel for me. I would like my wife would have been giving me death eyes. Yeah, <laughs> if she had to shake it out. So that's funny, man. We all got a story, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and same thing with us. Like you know, you you can't beat having your wedding and your reception at the same place. I mean, everybody loved it, man. It was so like we had everybody set up at like hotels not too far from it, and mm-hmm. we had transportation set up, so it was like nobody had to drink and and drive or do any of that stuff, and. um you know, it was a good time. Like, we were really important. We are like, listen, food's cool. The cake is awesome, whatever. But, like, let's have a good DJ and let's have good drinks. Yeah. So, so you you get married and there's a short amount of time and then you go on your honeymoon. Where'd you go on your honeymoon at? We went to, so we got married on a Saturday. We chilled Sunday and we went on our honeymoon Monday. We went to Dominican Republic and uh, we were in Punta Cana there for a while. So... You know, you're having your blast, you're newlyweds, you're getting, you know, this crazy feel good experience. And then what happens in the Dominican Republic? <laughs> so to get back into the United States at that point, you had to test negative to get back in the country. So we were leaving Saturday. We were supposed to leave Saturday. So we had to test 24 hours on Friday. Uh, we both ended up testing positive for COVID. So our honeymoon extended another five days. Um, that was a real test of... Uh, my mental fortitude because um, it wasn't it and immediately stopped feeling like the honeymoon at that point. Like they put us in a different room. We weren't able to leave the room. Oh. It was just us in four walls the whole time. And the room we had before was like a honeymoon suite with like a pool attached to it, walking distance to the beach. This room was like on the third floor, like didn't even have a balcony. Like they put us in like a budget room, which I understand like we're staying a whole nother five days, but yeah. um, it, it was tough. And you know, that was, 
such a crazy test for us as a married couple right out the gate. It's like, all right, we ki- we got to not kill each other. We got to survive because at the end of the day, we both had COVID. You know what I mean? We're both like low-key sick. So it yeah. was like on top of that being in a foreign country. And that was the first time. That was the first stamp I ever had on my uh, my passport. I'd never been out of, outside of America. I'm like, I'm scarred for life. I don't know if I'm ever going to leave America again at this point. So luckily you work from home. So you're able to work like do like, your actual work while you're there yeah yeah it was cool like the the service stunk but the wi-fi was pretty good so i was able to to make it work you know i i was like i was feeling sick but it wasn't too too bad and i was able to you know eat work and chill and so ultimately um we made it through but at that time when you're like okay i'm tired i'm ready to go home like we've had a crazy like week and a half two weeks with the wedding and everything it was like nah like you gotta stay in this room for five more days before you get on a plane and go home so it was a challenge uh it's in the it's in the rear view and it gives us a, a reason to do a duel for now yeah so uh i've never been to the dominican republic what would you recommend to people about the dominican republic like what are you like let's, you let's, let's just say like, like what are your feet your three favorite things about about hmm. dr also going to the dr we spent exclusively in punta cana and it's we stayed at a resort and i'll even if you want i can shout out the name of it it's um it's called excellence punta cana and it was a very good resort i mean it was all-inclusive you pay for it all up front drinks are flowing food is endless um it's right on the water so it's like you're literally outside your room the the beach is literally 20 yards away um they had nightlife they had bars they had everything so i would just say like you know if you're gonna go somewhere and you can you know stash away a little bit of money i would go the all-inclusive route i would look at excellence either punta cana or carmen they're kind of right next to each other and it was i highly recommend it It was super fun super cool and um i would definitely go back because like i said i need to do over i need to redo it and not get sick this time so what what would you say is your favorite cuisine uh that you had there in the dominican republic i'll say like maybe i should have had it when i was stateside but they had this tris leches cake it was unbelievable like i ate it almost every single meal and it was like you know the steak was good they had clean it's different like the food in a different country is different the portions a little different the food is uh it just felt a little cleaner i don't know it felt less processed but yeah um, definitely i'll say you know the tres leches cake was I, that was the first time i ever had it I, I was like man i gotta eat this every single night it was just so good <laughs> so uh do you guys uh, you know, you're a married couple now. You're back. You're, you're settled. You're so settled into like your marriage life. Uh, the beginning of it. Do you guys plan on staying up in the New England area, or you are you taking additional steps in your life to move maybe to a different area to start something new? You know, it's a great question. We've had the conversation a lot. We've actually talked about Texas. Yeah. You know, we've talked about it because you know. One, we do like, we enjoy the heat, right? We like it better than the cold. And it, I don't love New England winters. <laughs> I don't, yeah. Like, I know a lot of people up here, it's like a, a thing of pride. I'm like, nah, you can keep the snow. I'm all set with that. But um, we talked about Texas. We talked about doing something different. Like, my, my wife is adventurous. If, you know, if a job takes us there or something takes us there, we don't have any kids. We have a little chihuahua at home. I mean, that's the only thing that really ties us up. We bought a house a couple of years ago, but... Um, you know, the way things are, if an opportunity, um, you know, open or projected or something was able to take place, uh, we would definitely jump at it. Are our, our kids in the future then? Yeah, definitely. They're just not yeah. here right now, but you know, <laughs> they're, they're on the horizon, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's, 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 it's a fun and it's, it's exciting and it's also scary time. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that's I'm the way. Sure. Yeah. It's scary. I mean, but like. 
I, f- I feel you like moving to Texas because that's where I always wanted to go. I always want to go to Texas, but I'm I'm shackled here to to Northwest Ohio. <laughs> My wife doesn't want to leave. The, wife doesn't want to leave the family. So I feel you. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean it's it's whatever. But so podcasting, uh, you do podcasting with, with blogging the boys, and you also write for them. How did that op- or how, how did that opportunity come about for you? You know, I you, I saw you present this question. I don't want to um, scare him with this answer, but honestly, what I did was I was just a fan, right? I was somebody that uh, enjoyed the content. I was somebody that just I consumed I consumed as much Cowboys content as I possibly can. I'm a, I'm a massive fan. Like yeah, I, I try to explain it to people. You you guys are all big Cowboys fans, and you guys are people that are right there with me but like to try to explain it to somebody that's not as crazy about it as me or some of us it's the level of fandom i have is it's almost unhealthy i would say it is unhealthy and um so for me i reached out to uh dave halpern and dave is the uh the creator of blogging the boys and all i did was i looked up i found his email address and i shot him a message i said just give me a chance like and I, I guess I called him, uh, messaged him at the right time because he ended up giving me a phone call. And it was almost like an impromptu interview right on the phone. Yeah. And he was like, well, I need I need to know like, what you know about Cowboys. He's like, your interview is like us just having a conversation about Cowboys football. And I'm like, this is going to be the easiest interview I've ever done in my entire life. This is all I know. So, um, you know, I got on the phone. We talked about the Cowboys for about 15, 20 minutes. And then uh, he was like, I need to see if you know how to write. <laughs> and I'm like, well this is something I'm not, you know, classically trained at. So I had to put some thought in there and write. And, uh, he put me on like a trial basis and that trial has, uh, come and gone. And I've been here almost, it's going on my second season. So I think I've been doing this since what, April, so May, June, July, like 16 months now. Yeah. So, so obviously like the podcasting came first for you then? No. So for me, it was the writing came first. Yeah. I, I was writing. Yeah. So it was super cool that, um, I think, I made myself super available. Like RJ is the the manager and the editor of Blogging Boys, and I I would just message him like in our like you know Blogging the Boys group chats like Hey, if you need somebody in a pinch, if you need somebody to do this, I just made myself super available for anything he needed. And then it came to a point like maybe he he'll maybe he can vouch to it better than I can, but it I think it got to a point where he could trust me and trust that I was gonna be able to hold the conversation or be able to actually be available when needed. And I upgraded my podcast and equipment and kind of just found a way to get a better situation. And then now it's like, he actually came to me. It was like, you, you want to, have you ever thought about hosting your own podcast? I'm like, this is all I've thought about, like even more than the writing. Like I've always wanted to get into the audio video side of it. So, um, the progression was really cool. It started off as no pay couple articles a week to, Hey, we're going to pay you for some articles. You're going to do a podcast. We're going to have you on our live YouTube things. And I'm just like, man, you guys are making my dream come true. And this is all I really wanted to do when I sent that initial email. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you can't beat it. You write, you, you get to make content for your favorite team. No, what, what you live Crazy. in, what you like basically live and die for. So, I mean, when what? I was eight years old, I created a Facebook page. I don't know why my mom let me on Facebook, but it was called the sports kids sports blog. And I would literally was doing this at like eight years old. It was almost like low key plagiarism at like eight years old. But <laughs> now I'm like actually doing it and getting a monthly like stipend for like doing it and writing pod, you know, writing articles and doing podcasts. So it's like eight year old me is almost like, can you believe you're actually doing it? So it's pretty cool. Yeah. So you're pushing out your articles on, you know, BTV. You do, like you said, you do your first and 10 podcast with Sturge and Aiden. Um, Besides that, like, do you guys have anything special for the upcoming season? Uh, upcoming season? 
Yeah, I mean, so this Sunday we're actually recording with uh, Michael Gelkin okay. and uh, Kyle Kyle Human. So we're gonna have them both on the same episode, um, and we're just gonna. That's kind of gonna be the the kickoff to training camp. Like uh, we've um, I was able to leverage some of the my local ties to get like guys like Alec Lindstrom on the team and Sean McEwen on. I mean, on the podcast, like Alec Lindstrom on the pod, and mm-hmm. um, we're, we're we're gonna try to be the podcast that is like fun, relatable. Um, but also informative and we want to have the great guests on there and we kind of want to, our goal is to be the flagship like podcast of blog of the boys. Like that's kind of like our mindset is like, we want to be the best. We want to, you know, push that out and be the best, but in order to be the best, you got to prove it. So we're, we're out here trying to do it. Um, all season is going to be awesome. I think, I think the, one of the cool things is I don't think Aiden gets enough credit for he does Aiden Davis. He doesn't have a huge Twitter following, but the kid is like absolutely the football he just gets it he gets the numbers he understands the game you know through and through dave is a outstanding like mc this guy like you know he's mm-hmm. passionate about the cowboys he's a good you know solid fan a great fan really and somebody that's super cool to work with and then i'm just sitting there hopefully not looking to drown you know i'm just trying to do my thing you know and it's just when you have good teammates everybody looks good they pick me up and i feel good about it so so with that being said like who is the who who would you say is the funniest or like the best guy to work with at blogging the boys? Man, yeah. <laughs> I'll say the the one that gives me the most shit is RJ. Like RJ, it doesn't matter what I do. Like we re- we did a podcast. Um, <laughs> our last podcast was like a fantasy football style, like the greatest Cowboys of all time putting together a team. And he like without even saying like, "Hey, good job on the podcast." He was like, "Tony, your team sucks." And I'm like, man, are you serious? I was like, I know you're lying because I think I have the best team. But RJ Lowkey is one of the funniest dudes like I've ever worked with. Dave is super funny too. Sturch is a funny dude. Like when you get him like just chilling instead of like on, you know, on a pod or working with his chop sports, like super funny guy. And um, I've had a really cool, you know, I'll tell you this. Another one that is super low-key funny, like comes from the top rope out of nowhere is David Howman. I don't know if you know David Howman, yep. but he is super funny. That guy is. He has me cracking up with his tweets, so he's a funny dude. Yeah, he is. Uh, so let's we're gonna roll this over into a little bit of cowboy stuff here. Uh, so being being from New England, how did you become a Cowboys fan? So for me, I was born 1991, and we know like the early 90s was the Cowboys heyday, right? So mm-hmm. just being a kid around the game of football, my family is a huge football family. Um, the Cowboys are always relevant, always on TV, and you know the always the primetime game even back then. Um, but what really kind of solidified it for me was two moments in my life. Uh, my aunt, who's also my godmother, um, for random reasons, I don't know why, bought me a Troy Aikman jersey. Like, so she bought me like a Troy Aikman jersey. I had like the 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 one with the white, you know, it's the blue, but that has the white stars on the top. So the yep. one that like, uh, you know, so she got me one of those Troy Aikman jerseys and it was so big. It didn't fit me. It just now fits me as like a grown man. But for, for whatever reason, she gave it to me. And uh, the local team around where I'm from is called the Worcester Cowboys. So when I put on that Worcester Cowboys uniform and had the helmet, I was sold. It was as far as and loyalty to me is insane. So if we were, you know, 0-17 every year, I'd still be rocking the Cowboys gear. Like, I'm just super loyal. And at this point, we put a lot of time and effort into us yeah. to get a return on our investment at this point. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we're looking at, what, almost 27 years now. That's right. I mean, yeah. I'm turning 31 in a week, and I'm like, man, like, I, in my conscious mind, I don't even count those championships because I wasn't even, like, a functioning human being when the last time they won a, game, a Super Bowl. So I need one now. Yeah, so what's it, what's it like living up in, like, the New England area? 
with a team that has, with that home team up there that's been so successful for the past 20 years and then you have the Cowboys crazy i get up you know i find myself back against the wall fighting you know fighting for my life with a lot of these patriots fans because they've had it easy i mean i talk about it my cousin all the time he's 22 years old i have a younger cousin he is all he knows is winning you know what i mean for him his whole life essentially was tom brady and now that mac jones is there and they got like you know they're gonna be a normal football team that's gonna have to grind it out like everyone else i'm like welcome to like being an nfl fan now you had like this is what you went through wasn't real. It'll never happen again. Be grateful for what you had, but now it's like we'll see how loyal you are. And that's how I feel about a lot of the Patriots fans because up here it's like, okay, the Patriots aren't doing good. Well, the Red Sox are, or or the Bruins are, or maybe the Celtics are. And it's like it's very easy to like hide if a team's doing bad. They just move on to the next sport, and that's like their favorite sport. And I'm like me, it's like no, I got the Cowboys, and I'm a Red Sox fan, but I'm a Cowboys first. And if the Cowboys aren't good, like they ruin my weeks, they ruin my days. It's 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 not it's not fun when uh, coming off a Cowboys loss. Yeah, dude. Dude, sometimes on Cowboys loss, I don't even turn on the radio. Like I drive for oh work sometimes. God. I don't I don't even turn on. I don't turn on sports radio. I don't get on any of that stuff. I just don't want to hear it, and I won't turn on anything sports until, you know, the next game is on, like the next college game, like a Thursday night or something. Exactly. You took the words out of my mouth. I'm not right after a loss until, like, Thursday. When the Thursday night game's about to kick off, I'm like, all right, I think I can ch- turn the page now. But Monday sucks. Tuesday sucks. Wednesday sucks. Don't talk to me at work. I don't want to deal with it. Don't bring it up. I don't want to hear anything about it. And, yeah, so by Thursday is when, like, the I can heal the wounds start to heal there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so looking looking at this upcoming season, in your opinion, what is the team's biggest strength, weakness, and what is your pet peeve for this team? Say biggest strength is it for me, I I think you've seen it. I'm a I'm a, an Ezekiel Elliott fan, but I think Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, CeeDee Lamb, I think they got some I think we were talking about it the other day. They're top heavy. I think they got a lot of players that are um quality NFL players that can win football games. I think the biggest weakness is depth. We don't really know what the offensive line looks like beyond the names we know of Zach Martin and Tyron Smith when he's playing. And, you know, it's tough to see what, what's going to happen to left guard. It better be Tyler Smith after using a first-round pick on him. Yeah. But it's like, what? who's the swing tackle, right? Like, I mean, so offensive line scares me. Wide receiver depth scares me. I mean, I, we're putting a lot of um, eggs in the basket of James Washington. And, you know, linebacker is super thin, too. I mean, Jabril Cox, we all think he's going to be something – and I think he's going to have a heck of a career, but he's coming off a torn ACL. So it's like, how does that development look? How's he look? You know what I mean? So yeah. I think more so than any year prior, this year is a very big question mark in my mind. Because if it goes south, it goes left quick. This season could be derailed in, in, in a unique fashion. And so I guess my pet peeve for this team is why act like act like we don't have money we saw it everybody saw that we get the second most cap space like if if they yeah. go into training camp and you know they start spending a little bit and it's like okay see if steven jones can be like oh this is what we were doing this is our plan all along it's like it's it's not good enough for me i need use your money you know what i mean open your wallet let's get these playmakers in there and um we'll see what happens like i said anthony barr maybe who knows who knows that's my biggest pet peeve it's the jones family <laughs> yeah especially since like it, it feels like you know they have all this money and they're gonna roll. They're gonna take like training camp cuts. That's who they're gonna sign. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it feels like to me. They're not gonna go for one of these guys. They're gonna. They're gonna go. You know, bargain bargain bin shopping again. Like shopping at the Dollar Tree. Not. They're not even shopping at like TJ Maxx <laughs> or anything. 
It's the Dollar Tree. Great Dollar Tree, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing that's crazy to me. It's like they're going to wait to find out what everybody else already knows already. They'll be like, oh, you know, the wide receiver depth is thin. Okay, yeah, we've told you that for months. You know, okay, you might need to bring in a veteran swing tackle. Yeah, we've told you that for months. Linebacker, yeah, it's thin. Okay, like we've told you that. So now it's now you're going to, you know, I don't like the whole – you know, let's let's be reaction. Let's be uh, reactionary instead of pro- progressive about it. Like, be quick. Be you know. You understand that. Well, I have a ton of respect for Will McClay and in the, the front office and how they operate with those guys. Mm-hmm. But like, come on, Jones, just pull the trigger, man. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what it is, and it 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 just sucks that they're the ones running our favorite football team. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, well the, I think the biggest, the worst part about it is there's no threat of losing your job. Yeah. I mean, when you know, when you're content, you, there's no urgency there. I, if if me or you were running the team, we'd act with a little more urgency because our job would be on the line. But with them, it's you know, when you're comfortable, it's never really a good recipe for success. Yep. So I imagine that like you pro- you've been to probably Gillette Stadium, New England. You've been to uh, FedEx Field, which would be Washington. Uh, have you ever been to any other stadiums? And which stadium would you like to go to the most and why? Yeah, I've, so kind of listing them off in my head, I'm thinking here. I've, I've been to Jacksonville, um, Jacksonville Stadium, and it wasn't for um, an NFL game. It was Florida versus Georgia, and they do their yearly uh, rivalry game. So that stadium is interesting. They get the pool out in, <laughs> out in the end zone, but that was interesting. I've been to Baltimore. That's actually when my brother played his first game was against the Ravens in a preseason game. So that was that was cool to, to be a part of that. They have like a Raven flying around the stadium. Um, I've cool. been to I've been to I've been to AT&T Stadium. I still think I mean, obviously, I'm a little biased here, but I think that's the sickest stadium I've ever been to. Like I walked in there and I was like, this place is nuts. And uh, unless you've been there, I don't think you can really understand like this statement of the place is empty. It looks massive, right? The stadium looks insane when it's empty, but as soon as it filled up, it felt it felt so small. The stadium mm. felt so small because everybody's in there. It's packed in. It was just like a super cool experience. Um, I've been to Gillette, obviously. I've been to um, where else did I go? I think I've, I mean I've been to I've been to a bunch of college stadiums too. Um, yeah, but, I imagine. Yeah, I, yeah, the the the, the worst. Oh, I've been to MetLife Stadium. I went to a Jets Cowboys game, the one we lost to Sam Darnold. But we don't gotta get into that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so MetLife was actually pretty cool. MetLife's a cool stadium. It's um big. It it's got like a Cowboys vibe to it. I, I hate to say that because it's where the Giants play. But um, the worst stadium I've ever been to by far was FedEx Field. Yeah, it's like it's, it's low key a dump. It's like low key a dump. It's not. There's really nothing to it. It's like there's nothing around it too. It's like in the middle of like nothing. Like I think LP will be able to tell you because he's from the area. There's like nothing going on out there. And um, but FedEx was kind of dingy. Gillette's nothing, nothing special either. But you know I've just been there so many times that I'm used to it now. But um, yeah, the AT and T Stadium is sick. I would highly recommend anybody get out there if they can. What would be the stadium that you say, hey, I want to go to this stadium? No, I think because of the history, I would love to go to Lambeau Field. Lambeau. I think Lamb. You know, I it, it does. I guess it would be only right if it was in December or January because <laughs> yeah. it'd be ice cold. But yeah. um, but any any time Lambeau would be the history there, the Lombardi, you know, Brett Favre, Reggie White. Like I think a Cowboys Packers game would be insane. Yeah, that that's a crazy fan base too for all that they. And I can't say all that they endure because their team is you know super successful, but yeah. it just like. 
the I'd say like the elements that they have to endure in it. You know, I mean that's yeah, that's sure. up there with like you know Chicago Buffalo fans. Yeah, that's... yeah. <laughs> if we're talking about long suffering, I have such a respect for like Detroit Lions fans. <laughs> like anybody who can stick it out for that long and like just year after year, like I have nothing but respect for that that football fan base. <laughs> yeah, man, they they like sell out their they sell out almost every single year. Because I was looking at tickets because. And my five-year-old, he's like, yeah, Dad, I want to go to a football game this year. I want to go to a football stadium. So I was like, oh, let's look up Lions tickets. I'm like, nope. <laughs> Sold out. Because <laughs> uh, Detro- Detroit's only like 90 minutes away. But I'm just like, That's how? Not bad. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, how do you guys sell out all the time? <laughs> right. Yeah, loyal fan base. I, you know, I always look at it because they have an SB Nation page. And they, they do crazy numbers. I mean, their fan yeah. base is, is tapped in. So, I mean. When I saw that, I was like, man, shout out to the Lions. <laughs> if they're winning, they're going to be crazy fans. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. So what's your favorite memory of the Cowboys? So you said you really don't you really don't count, like, the three Super Bowl wins anyway. So what's your favorite memory of the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, um, this is such a, like, uh, high-roll answer, but my, my brother, the first time he ever played an NFL game, like a regular season football game, he got to start against the Cowboys. And it was um, 2017, the game that Byron Jones got a pick six. You mm-hmm. know, we know how rare that is, but um, it was pouring rain in. They were wearing the throwback uniforms. I'm in the family section wearing a white T-shirt because my brother wouldn't let me wear Cowboys gear. Um, and it's just one of the most surreal moments in the world to watch my brother, like, lining up against David Irving, you know, against, yeah. like, you know, Malik Collins. Like, it was nuts. It was my brother telling me stories of how Sean Lee was calling plays out mid, mid-play. mid Like, he just knew what was coming. Orlando Skandrick, who ended up being a teammate of his in Washington. He was just, like, it was just so, I mean, I honestly cried. I was in the stadium. I watched my brother, like, in the tunnel. They had the thing on it. I'm like, we're just some kids from Worcester, Massachusetts. Like, yeah. little city nothing, and we're about to watch. I said, my brother could have played against 30 other teams in the league, and his first start ever was going to be against the Dallas Cowboys. It's one of the coolest moments I'll ever have in my entire life. Yeah, especially since you guys are so close, you know. You know, he's basically probably your best friend, and then it's your favorite football team that he's going up against. And, like, the only thing that I think that probably could have topped if he was is, is if he was playing for the Cowboys. <laughs> I mean, that'd be the Absolutely. only thing that tops that. You know, it's funny is Joe Philbin, the offensive line coach for the Cowboys, went to Worcester Academy. So he's from our area. And I'm like, bro, how do I get in touch with Philbin to bring in another local guy? <laughs> you know what I mean? Get him on the Cowboys here. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. Outside of my brother playing for the Cowboys, you couldn't Hollywood couldn't have wrote a script like that because it was just too perfect. You know, I drove, mm-hmm. drove in with him in the players' lot. I was in the, you know, he's pulling up and we're pulling up in like his beat up truck at the time. And we're seeing other people with like, you know, Maseratis and Benzes and stuff. And it's like, all right, I'm going to go play a football game. <laughs> Man. But so you're the newfound GM of the Dallas Cowboys. You inherit the issues that the Jones has left behind, uh, the plethora of them. What are your first three moves as the new general manager of the Dallas Cowboys? the biggest move I already took care of by me being the GM, yeah. right? Like they're no longer in charge. So it's me. I think after that, it's all gravy. Um, but the, the biggest move I would do is I would, I would just be more, um, I'd be more aggressive. You know, I think we understand Dak Prescott's going into his seventh year. Um, the, this year I've, I've been very vocal saying, I think the rubber meets the road with Dak here. I think I'm very high on Dak. I think he's, easily a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. 100%. That's just me being analytical, being like 
sensical about it. Like, I'm not even, like, trying to be hot takey about it. I think he's a top-10 quarterback, but this year is super important. I think he's finally healthy. He looked great. Everyone talks about best shape of their life season, but he looks physically like he's ready to, you know, have his best year, and I think Mm -hmm. he has to because at what point in, you know, in his career does – you know, there's a fork in the road. Does he go left or does he go right? Where's the legacy at? Is he a Super Bowl winning quarterback or is he one of those quarterbacks that was always good but couldn't get it done? I think I, I would do everything I can to put as much talent around Dak Prescott. If that means more defensive help, if that means more weapons, more offensive line, I would just max out and treat, you know, Treat it like he's on a rookie contract. I mean, mm-hmm. his money, we all know it's more friendly than it's ever been every day. Every contract gets signed after it it just makes his deal look even better so i would max out the deal and um for me that's pretty much the bottom line i think i think we have a quarterback that can win and we got to be able to listen to him i don't know how he feels about the mari cooper situation that that could have been pro that move for all i know Mm -hmm. but i'm listening to my qb he's smart enough he's got a good head on his shoulders and and i'm going out there and trying to win the damn thing yeah i mean i mean you, you hit the nail on the head there like you you don't do anything in this league without a franchise quarterback and your time, I'm not going to say, like, he's been hurt the past couple of years. Your time is dwindling. It's time to maximize that now because you've got, you've, you've basically rolled the dice. You won the Mega Millions twice getting two quarterbacks. Luckily, you know, that doesn't happen because right. then you look at a team like Cleveland, you know, who has spent, you know, 20 plus years looking for a quarterback. And you luck, right. you basically lucked into two of them. Uh, you you got to take care of them when you have them because if you're not, we're going to end up with Quincy Carter. <laughs> yeah. it's a situation you know I, I i sung will mcclay's praises earlier but if you really kind of look at it and break it down it's like i mean yeah like you said lucky with the fourth round pick lucky with tony romo like there is there's been some things that if those didn't go exactly the way they did are we speaking so favorably about these draft classes yeah there's been some talent but like i feel like it's harder to to completely whiff than it is to just hit on one or two guys. Like I think Trayvon Diggs was a great pick. CD Lamb was outstanding value, but it's almost like no brainers. If CD Lamb is sitting there, you got to take him. Trayvon Diggs is still in the second round. You're going to take him in the first round. No brainer to take him. So it's got to be what they do later on. Like we got to see these guys like John Ridgeway and those type of dudes like um, Damone, Damone Clark from LSU. Like yeah. for them to take that guy with the injury, if that pans out, that's what I'm talking about. That's yeah. a pick that took like some balls and some you know foresight to be able to make that move. So those are the things that are gonna have to hit for this team to be successful and consistently. Yeah, that that Clark move feels a lot like the Jalen Smith move in 2016. Right, feels a lot like Not that. A second round pick though. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, that's that's exactly what it feels like. Uh, you know, trying to Agree. trying to take a guy who was really good has a catastrophic knee injury. And then, boom, you know, hopefully he, that, 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 like I said, that's what it feels like that pick is. And I, I, I hope that that works out for them. And I hope that, I hope that KJ pans out too, because if not, our, we're going to struggle yeah. in secondary again. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, that's a, such a big question mark. It's what, you know, for most of his stuff is off the field, right? If he's out there and he's able to play, I think he has enough talent, but it's just like, where are we at? What's going to end up happening? I think that will go a long way for that secondary, like you said. Yep, absolutely. So, last two questions here because I know you, you got stuff to do tonight. You name them, I'll tag them. Top three underrated Twitter follows for you. I'm going to go easy here. I mean, it's I already mentioned them. Aiden Davis. Yep. David Sturch. Sturch. And 
Let's see. Who else? The third one, you put me on the spot here. Cause, <laughs> yeah, there's some quality people. There's some quality people in our group, too. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go... I'm gonna go Reed Hansen. Yeah, Reed. I like him. He's yeah, that's my guy. He yeah, I, everything he says, like I'm like, all right, I like what he says. He comes in with an analytical point of view. He he comes in with thorough, thought out things, and he's definitely. If you're not following, definitely get on there and follow him for some great Cowboys content. Yeah, I and I told Reed when I had him on the podcast. You know, I like the way he does it. Like, you know, he does the film breakdown, so you get the eye test, and then you get the analytic side of it too. And that's probably like my favorite way to break something down because it explains to it, it explains both ways uh, for people the way that people should look at it instead of just being you know Monday morning quarterbacks on ESPN. Exactly. <laughs> if you're gonna present the take or something, bring proof. You know, bring something, bring some homework, and I think he does a great job of that. Yeah, absolutely. So, second question: If you could go back and give your 18 year old self one piece of advice, what would it be? That's a great question. Um, mm-hmm. I would say. Relax, bro. Like I would just say, relax. Like you know, everything's gonna work out. You know, everything's gonna everything's gonna happen when it's supposed to happen. You know, when I was 18, I was so ready to be an adult. You know, what I mean, I was so ready to be a grown up, and I was so ready to do adult things and be 21 and drink legal beers. And and now I'm sitting at 31, like or about to be 31, and be like, would do anything to put on a high school football helmet one more time. I do anything to go back and like actually do good enough to in high school where I'd want to go to college. Like I would do anything to like, just be a kid again. And you ever see that statement where it was like, do you, I, I'm probably going to butcher it, but it was like, if how different would you have handled things? If you knew the last time you went out and played with your friends was the last time you went out and played with your friends. Yeah. And quotes like that hit me like right in my soul because time stops for no one. And like, and I always get like this introspective, like view on life whenever my birthday gets close and it's like, it's crazy, man. Like, so I would tell 18 year old me to just chill out, you know, just enjoy the process, enjoy life. Like you're not a bad kid. Don't worry about it. Just live your life. Yep. One day at a time. R-E-L-A-X as Aaron Rodgers would say. That's exactly. <laughs> that's, that's just the way it is. All right, man. Relax, man. Where again can we find you at Twitter writing podcast, YouTube? Tony underscore Catalina on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on blogging the boys. I write almost, you know, two, three, four times a week now. Um, and our podcast first and 10 podcast on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you can get it blogging the boys Monday morning. So I appreciate you having me, man. This was awesome. Yeah, man. I, I really appreciate you coming on and uh, go Cowboys. Cowboys. <laughs>